This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. Unique is how I would describe yesterday. Wildfire smoke in the city of Toronto and, and, and basically the entire GTA like we've never seen, smelled, experienced, like the moon looked again. It's like a burnt orange right now, a burnt orange. When you see a sci-fi movie, how many of these Star Wars things have they done now for Disney? Like, here's the Mandalorian. Here's Kenobi. There's always like a moon and you're like, wow, I wonder what that'd be like on our planet. Now we know. Now we know. And uh, it is it is really worrying. And it became this massive story in New York City yesterday. They're like, who did this to us? Haze, confusion, fog. Like, it, I can't see the Statue of Liberty. I came to New York. I want to see the Great Lady Liberty. What's all this haze? Where's it from? Um, Ottawa. Like, that's the explanation. It's in all the New York papers this morning. Can't see the Empire State Building. Can't see the Statue of Liberty. Walking up and down Manhattan. I was going to go to the top of the Empire State Building and propose to my girlfriend. Not that one, the other one. And you, you aren't able to do these things. So there's going to be a lot more talk about it this morning high levels of air pollution, and then there's sort of the two the two main questions. And I think these are the two questions our show, Toronto Today, will unpack most of the morning. One, how's it landing for you, and how have you been reacting to it? And how do um, sort of businesses, legislative bodies, things that kind of, you know, that, that, that can place safeguards in place, how do they react, and what should they do? Like, I've seen a lot of questions, um, even about masks. And I don't even, I, I don't mind the word masks. What I can't stand is the sentence, should we bring back masking? Well, what are you talking about? Who are we? These are the questions we should have asked anyway for all three years. Are you eight or are you 80? Big difference. Like, if, if I was spending a lot of time outside with my parents yesterday, I might recommend an, 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 an N95 or a KN95. I actually might. People might be surprised to hear me say that, but we're talking about it for totally different reasons. We absolutely are. Um, if anybody's ever done a garage project, they've bought a mask and they and they dig right in and it, it's a hot day. It's particles coming from the ceiling or the garage or whatnot, um, wood chips and all that stuff. And you're like, of course, it makes some sense to do these things. Of course it does. So a lot of that is the reaction. And then, of course, could we potentially, there's three ways to react, right? Underreact, overreact, properly react. And again, honest questions. What would be too much? Some schools have, have uh, deemed it an indoor recess day already. I know some, look, there's always going to be some parents that ask for that. And there's going to be some principals. I was talking to an elementary school principal last night, and he's right now steadfast. Stay inside if you like, but we want to give you the option to go outside if you can handle it. And remember, kids should stay inside. Well, what what kind of kid? Five years old? Does he suffer from asthma? Maybe so. 18-year-old? Fit as a fiddle? She has no health concerns whatsoever? Why can't she go out for phys ed today? That kind of stuff. That kind of stuff. Graydon Smith uh, works for the uh, provincial government. Um, he got a lot of time yesterday. I'm sure he loved it. Uh, but Graydon Smith is the Minister of Natural Resources and Forestry. He was the mayor of Bracebridge, Ontario as well. Shout out to that lovely community. Um, 
He didn't want to seem to tie in these forest fires and the hazy smoke and all of it to global warming or climate change. Eh, here's what he said. We've got the best crews out there working on it, internationally recognized. Uh, we loan them out to other jurisdictions when they need help. Right now, they're working on the ground here in Ontario, keeping communities and people safe. Listen, I'm just very confident in the firefighters that we have here in Ontario and the men and the women that do this job and confident that uh, you know, if and when we need more resources, those resources will be provided uh, to us through uh, you know, our friends and neighbours. Okay, let me tell you who the friends and neighbors are. It's it's not um, uh, Joe who works in the city, and uh, it, it's not um, you know Sheila who uh, who works uh, for the town. What he means is foreign governments. Michigan has already lent Ontario. You wouldn't know this, and the minister didn't reveal this yesterday. But Michigan's lent four basically water bombers, airplanes that will drop massive amounts of water on our forest fires. Why we don't have enough. Why don't we have enough? We've cut the budget. The Doug Ford government in 2019 cut the forestry budget um, for emergencies by 57%. We've got more trouble and less resources to handle it. There is that. Here's Mike Schreiner, leader of the Green Party, documenting that, of course, there's some man-made and woman-made factors here, but we've never seen anything quite like it, and those two things collide. People have started forest fires for years and years and years. What's happening now due to the climate crisis is the fires are more, worse, they're more severe, and they're creating more uh, pollution. And we're seeing the entire country literally on fire at the same time, including right here in Ontario. So to not be able to make a connection between that and the climate crisis uh, is pretty scary. That's right. Headline in the New York Post, New York City choked by heavy, unhealthy smoke from Canadian wildfires. And they're not blaming us unfairly. You know the South Park song, Blame Canada? Well, it's valid today. And it was valid yesterday as well. Our air quality is horrifying right now. I got this note from a listener. Uh, went into a restaurant for dinner in New York City. It's great that we have a listener in New York City, or this could be somebody visiting. Went into a restaurant for dinner in New York City. Bright sky came out to thick smoke that smells strongly of fire. Gets you in the throat and eyes. Sun completely blocked out. Looks like evening when it's normally still bright. Apocalyptic. And from all accounts, it will be worse today. So we're going to look out for each other. We're going to look out for you. And you can keep us us informed all morning at 416-870-6400. We'll spend a ton of time on the other side with Shiva Siddiqui asking her about uh, last night. But we got about a minute and a half here. You had an outdoor school-esque scenario to go to last night and you saw people with masks and maybe understandably so. I did. So when we, I mean, throughout the day, I I, I didn't think it was going to get as bad as it got. You no. Know, you're seeing the air, you're reading, you're watching the news, you're listening to the radio. And then I was outside for about an hour before my kids, one of my kids had his spring fair last night. Uh, and so as I'm outside, I'm thinking, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't smell right. And you started getting all these emails from the school saying, you know, we're still having, we're going, still going ahead with the fair. So we all went down. We were there for about two, two and a half hours, which is a long time in this weather. Mm-hmm. And there were so many people with masks on. So obviously me, I went, you know, I started speaking to them uh, and they're wearing them because of the air quality. And I thought, okay, so should I be wearing a mask? And I kind of wish I had because I came home last night and there was this pasty taste in my mouth. You know, of and like, I bet you drink water and you can't get rid of it. No, you, can't you can't shake it's it. Still I know here. what you mean. But here's the thing: we have that was for one of my kids. My other three kids, their spring fair is tonight, 
So we've got three hours outside tonight. So far, nothing's been cancelled. They are trying to move as many activities inside as possible. But we've got the bouncy castles and the barbecue and all these things happening. So I don't know what's going to happen. YRDSB, they have indoor recess today. DDSB has uh, those with health conditions have can be inside today. And then TDSB, all strenuous activities are cancelled for today and tomorrow. Yeah, like where I live, baseball was on, soccer was off, but I'm not in, I, because today is going to be worse, and I think it's just elevating more people's knowledge of it, I actually think more stuff's going to get scrubbed outside tonight. I hope yours isn't. Should I wear a mask tonight? Um, Like a Halloween or a no. 95? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that taste in my mouth. I know. I've, I'm understanding it. I think it's actually got some validity, and we're going to see more people uh, with it. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's new Today's talk, 640 Toronto. Doug Ford laid this out. Let's play the clip and tell you what we think of it um, because we'll get right to it. Doug Ford in the legislature talking about Paul Bernardo. And on Monday, as you know, um, people started to get reaction to Friday's announcement that Paul Bernardo had been moved to a medium security prison. The next step for medium security is minimal security. The next step to that is good behavior in there could it certainly mean a greater chance of winning parole. It seems impossible, but so is getting out of maximum security prison. Doug Ford, the premier of our province, made no mistake about how he felt about this. My message to Leslie Mahaffey, Kristen French's family, our heart breaks for you. Our heart breaks for you that you have to go through this once again, relive an absolute nightmare, and we will always, always have your backs. As per this scumbag, Bernardo, should rot in hell, he should rot in a maximum security prison the rest of his life. This guy doesn't deserve less restrictions, employment opportunities, believe it or not, freedom to wander around. I'm going to quote the Correction Services Commissioner. We want Canadians to have confidence in our decisions. Well, Commissioner, I'll tell you, no Canadians have confidence in your decisions. You should step aside, step down, or should be fired. Okay, Shiva, pretty demonstrative stuff. It's not what we heard. I don't remember anything from John Fraser, the interim liberal leader. Um, I don't remember anything so demonstrative from Mart Stiles, the NDP leader, or we'd play it. But this goes to a lot of what we've talked about. This is Doug connecting with the average Ontarian. He's saying what we all feel. That's it. And so many politicians, most of them don't. So he, they tend to say, you know, what you're supposed to hear. I This is why, I, I don't know, I, I agree with him. I, I, I can hear it in his voice. I don't think he's pretending. I think we're all really upset about what's happening with Paul Bernardo right now. And there's, I mean, we have another clip as well. That's what really got me, what he says. If we can play that. Let's do that. This is more uh, Doug Ford in uh, Queen's Park yesterday afternoon. As I mentioned, I don't even like using his name, Mr. Speaker, and sorry for the language, but he's nothing but a scumbag. This SOB needs to be in jail 23 hours a day in a maximum security. The crime was the most heinous crime in Canadian history. He tortured He raped and then he murdered these two young girls. And the pain the family's going through again should never be seen ever in the history of Canada. When we sentence someone to life sentences, that means a life sentence. In the jail, maximum security, 23 hours a day. Matter of fact, I'd go one step further. That one hour he's out, he should be in general population. That's what should happen to this SOB, as I said. Never 
Canadians ever seen a more heinous crime than what he committed. So what grabbed you about that? For him to say general population, put him out there for one hour a day, we know what that means. Yeah, the implication's hard to miss. The hope is another prisoner would kill him. So we were watching the news last night after we came home from uh, mm-hmm. the concert, the spring, the school concert and fair, and uh, and this story came on. I was, you know, we're playing a board game in the family room, and th- this story comes on the news because we're watching about the wildfires, and the kids don't know. My kids don't know anything about Paul Bernardo. Right. And then my husband and I were just really upset. We started talking about this, and they said, "Well, what happened?" And I took a deep breath and I told them, for ages seven, ten, twelve, and fourteen. I told them the entire story. And my seven-year-old, I don't know, it's probably, it is inappropriate for his age, but I just did it. I just told them everything in as much detail. And it was very upsetting to walk down that that road again. Because we know what happened, you and I can talk about it, because we were, you know, we, we lived through it. But for somebody who's never heard of Paul Bernardo, and they were, I had to describe where these girls were locked up. And I said it was sort of like a cage. It was underground in his basement. He, and they couldn't understand. And I'm telling this as my 10-year-old daughter is staring at me. But I, I don't know what the right age is to talk about to talk to these kids about it. And they're seeing how upset we are, so they want to know. Yeah. So just walking through exactly what he did from the moment he picked them up to, I spoke about Carla Homolka and her little sister, Tammy. And they don't understand why she would go along with this. And they said she was his wife. She was there for all of it. And it was just so upsetting. By the end of that conversation, I was mentally drained and exhausted. I've never spoken about it in such detail in so long. And they were just absorbing it. And they were shocked that something like this could happen here in our country. Yeah. And there isn't, you know, you lay all that out there and it makes me realize again how we felt um, in the early 90s about, finding out about this how we felt about the trial how we felt about the deal with carlin you think every parent thinks you know what if that was and 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 there's a lot of layers of what if that was my daughter what if that was my daughter who's tammy carla's sister what if that's my daughter who's carla what if that's my daughter who's leslie mahaffey or Kristen french like we all we could all place it somewhere in our own individual lives and ask ourselves, what if and it's a very different era where we bought newspapers nonstop and we watched the TV news at night yeah. as families or roommates. Or and whatever. the Scarborough rapist. And the Scarborough rapist. Who's the Scarborough? And then we had a conversation about rape last night. Uh, yeah. And what rape is. I mean, my older ones know, but the younger, my 10 year old daughter, I had to, uh, that I was a little more age appropriate about. Uh, but we just having, these are difficult conversations. I always use the phrase, like nobody ever really knows anybody. We all have different layers of knowing people. We've our talk on the weekend about it was in the car. We had a lot of time in the car on the weekend, obviously, and and our conversation more more with just my wife and I than than our, our teenage sons is how does somebody's friend, a male friend of Bernardo, not even have a have a inkling that something's not right? Oh, this is something's a sociopath. Off. This you is never a, go over to his house d- ever. But that this kind of wasn't. Stuff. This was not in his middle of his front. You walk in the front door and you see this. No, right? I know. This was tucked away. This is. And you, we just got a text in. Did you tell your kids how we gave Carla a tanning bed and a degree in medium security, <sighs> and now have her help out? Actually, I did. 
I spoke to them about how, and I kept saying, our taxpayer dollars. And the young ones had to explain to them what taxpayer dollars <laughs> was. I did. I said, we it's, paid for a Queen's University degree. And, and you know, I talked to my kids about good schools in the country. They're like, Queen's University? Yes. That's what we paid for. She's out there living. And I said, there are kids having playdates with her right now in Montreal yeah. with at her house. So the Ford comments too, like you... Like, what would it take, as politically divided as we are, what would it take for everybody, all 124 MPPs, to stand up and agree with Doug Ford? Like, I'm not... Yes. <laughs> they wouldn't. Like, like they, they would not do that. I think they should have the wherewithal to do that if it struck them that way. But they know not to. The seven liberals aren't standing up and applauding that. The 30 yeah. NDP members aren't standing up and applauding that. And I'm not saying they think they're they're I I'm absolutely of the mind they're as horrified as everybody else is. But like that's not a that's not a political issue. That's a that's the issue from the heart and again, it's where Doug Ford, you know, I I, I some people would say well it's saying the quiet part out loud, but I'm sorry it's the quiet part most of us think and agree with and politicians often keep the quiet part inside and we're like but we're all saying this why won't you and he and he connects with people because he does it that's it this is toronto today with greg brady toronto's news today's talk 640 toronto you know i was just in upstate new york i was visiting my sister we hadn't crossed the border with our kids for like 44 months whatever it was and I checked in on both my sisters um, and said, what's, a go- what's the story there? Because my one's in Ottawa, my youngest sister, and my other sister's in Rochester. And here I am talking to you in the GTA. And I, uh, the Ottawa sister's good. They kept the dog inside. They have a new dog who's a year and a half old. And she said, she's a bit wired being inside, but they're fine. Um, but they opened the door yesterday morning and just that really strong smell of smoke that we all had a moment with um, yesterday. And uh, my sister in Rochester said it's terrible in Rochester, too. Yellow skies and smells like a campfire. And I actually apologized to her. I said, sorry. Like, again, this is this is kind of Canada's fault. For once, we've done something to the United States that they haven't done to us uh, to some extent. I think that's a fair way to uh, to put it. Very happy to have our next guest on. Uh, he is a self-described climate justice advocate, but super smart guy. And we want to get a sense as to what our expectations are by the next couple of days. But also, he's a Torontonian and his reaction to what yesterday was. How Sen Chong joins us now on Toronto Today. We spoke briefly yesterday, but it's great to have you on our uh, airwaves today. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, for, thanks Greg, for uh, that very, very flattering introduction. <laughs> Absol- absolutely. Well, well, you you were telling me you've seen this movie before, but maybe you never thought you'd quite see it this way in Toronto. What was your sort of instant reaction you know there's fires in halifax but they're getting cooled out you know there's problems on the ottawa quebec border but that was a unique day in toronto yesterday i don't know any other way to say it it was unique yeah i mean so in 2015 i actually uh, in the springtime i moved out to vancouver i had some work there uh, that i did and then that summer uh the skies for about a week the skies went kind of like this weird Martian red brown. And actually I had to go to the hospital um, because of forest fires. Um, and every summer I was there, I think every, except for one, I believe there was at least one or two days where we had this type of smell in the sky, this type of, and this kind of like reddish glow in the air. And you can actually directly look at the sun uh, in the middle of the day because of all, all this all forest fire smoke. Um, in 2019, I decided to like move back to Toronto because my home's here, my family's here, my parents are here. 
And I never thought I'd experience something like that in my hometown. I never thought it would happen. What did you spot? What did you spot yesterday? Like, what was your first instinct? My, again, my, I, I think I told you I stepped out of the car to walk into the bank at 1045 AM. I hadn't been outside really in about five hours. And I'm like, this is not right. This is not normal. And then you feel really weird. Like you're in a movie or something. Yeah. You, you kind of get this feeling of like, especially for someone like me, who's working on climate for 20 years, you kind of get this feeling of like, there's nowhere to go. You can't go anywhere. You can go inside for a little bit, but you got to get back outside eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, as somebody who grew up with asthma, it's, 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 it's this like feeling of dread and this feeling of like, Oh, this is climate change, right? This is what climate change looks like. Um, it looks like this for a lot of people have already this year, uh, and it will continue to look like this. And you know, some places it'll look like flooding, like we had in 2013 here in the city. Um, in some places, it's going to look like drought. But you know, this is what drought looks like in a place with as much forest as Canada has, uh, and that's what climate change is. And there's this, that's the reality. And we have to look it in the face and say, like, what are we going to do to stop this? So there's people that are adamant about what we need to do about the climate and there's people that deny it. But I think there's a there's a whole bunch of people sitting in the middle saying, yes, of course, there's 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 forest fires. There's always forest fires. Smokey the Bear was on TV commercials in the 70s saying only you can prevent forest fires. But how said not a record for surpassing previous records with three months to go in the season. So, yes, there's some. There's some human influence here, but if, if it was just human influence, we wouldn't have a day like yesterday in Toronto. It's just not that simple. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, the reality is we don't know exactly when and where some sort of weather extreme is going to hit. That's, that's just the reality, right? Um, for folks here in Toronto, yeah, maybe today is a bit clearer right now. If you go just east of here, there's a map. There's a massive amount of, of forest fire smoke floating just east of the city right now, uh, where we're where we're, we're from where I'm sitting in, in the city. So it's important to recognize that it's always affecting someone somewhere, and just because it's not affecting you directly at that point in time, um, it's still happening, and it will only get worse unless we actually do something and stop stop burning fossil fuels, stop emitting greenhouse gas emissions, and that's just the reality. That's um, and it's, I understand why a lot of people de- deny this. The implications are big. The implications seem insurmountable. It seems like such a hard problem to solve. And it's easy to say, oh, it's because of a couple of people, you know, I've been seeing some bots online say, oh, this is because a couple of people, uh, a couple of arsonists um, lit, a, lit a bunch of fires. Well, arsonists can't dry out the forest like we've had, like, like, like the drought we've been having for the past several months. Arsonists can't do that. Um, but what can do that is the massive amount of greenhouse gas emissions that we've been emitting in the atmosphere for over 150 years. Um, and we can stop it. The, the technology exists. All we really need are, are people to go out and say, hey, this is something that we want. We have to demand that of our, of our, of our politicians. You mentioned the mayor. Uh, yeah. We have to demand that for, from our from our political leaders, and we have to demand that at all levels of government, federal, provincial, and, and municipal as well. It's House and Chong joining us on Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. Um, you told an anecdote on your social media about being in Portland, Oregon. That's not our scenario right now, but it involved basically forest fire ash raining down from the sky. In Toronto proper, that isn't going to happen. 
but but I worry in Ontario, people who are right next to giant forests will think, is that the next step? What, what was that experience like for you? It was really, it was terrifying. It was like raining and snowing down flakes of ash. I just wanted to say that like, I've been going through 20 years of like, this is never going to happen to me. Like I've been working on climate for 20 years. It's like, oh, climate is going to happen. It's never going to happen to me. And then sometimes it does. Like I never, again, I never thought I would go through a smoke advisory, a forest for a smoke advisory in Toronto. And there are forests not far from the city. If you go just north, if you drive north like yeah. two hours. Yeah. We're in cottage country. Um, and so, but I also want to say that like, yeah, that can be a very terrifying feeling. And I think it's important for people to recognize that like, yeah, we actually, the only way to stop this is to look it in the face and then say, hey, we got to cut our, cut our emissions. And I don't want people to feel like I did in Portland when I was visiting, when I was going everywhere. And like, it looked like there was like ash dandruff floating all over the city. You could like wipe it off with your finger. There's like little white specks and stuff like that. Um, it was a terrifying feeling. Um, and it's something that folks out on out west are regularly going through right now. Just like California, all across the uh, western seaboard, um, and in the Rockies as well. People in Alberta go through this um, quite regularly. I have some friends yeah. here who are from Alberta who are like, I never thought I'd see what I saw in Edmonton happen here in Toronto. Um, and yeah, we the reality is we can't escape the effects of climate change. So what the only thing for us to do is look it in the face mm. and attack it head on, and that means cutting our emissions and demanding our politicians help us do that because it's impossible for us individually to do it without the help of industry. Well, that, that's that's what I was going to get at. And, and I got a minute left here, but the, you see that sort of, I'd call it an imbalance instead of a balance between politicians saying, hey, what's your problem? Drive an electric car. Hey, what's your problem? Put solar panels on the house. You'll have to incentivize it for people, not because people are busy and not because they don't care about the planet because most of us do. But we got to find a way. We have massive carbon taxes when every time we go to the gas pump. And I bet you there's not a there's not a cabinet minister this morning that could explain what the carbon taxes are doing to prevent what we're dealing with right now. Maybe they could, but maybe they could not. Like there's that imbalance that exists right now. We got to we got to rectify that. Yeah. And so like there's to, to, like the carbon taxes do work because for like something like 90 percent of people who pay the carbon tax, you're getting the money back. But I, I get that it feels like you're paying way more because where you pay for it, it makes gas more expensive. Whereas right. you're only getting a check back every three or like two to three mm -hmm. months from the government to, 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 to do that. But that's kind of the point is to like have these types of things, but we also need direct incentives, to like, you know, help us put up solar panels on our roofs and, and fund the fund heat pumps so that we no longer have to burn gas in our homes to heat them. And things like that. We need yeah. these incentives as well, these positive incentives yeah. as well as these, as well as the negative ones. We need both. We need um, both, and, I, and and we need to uh, make sure that the governments push for this. It's an, it's really really important. It's it's uh, it can be a very very scary thing to look at climate change, but we do have to look into the face, face right. head on. Otherwise, we're going to get way more. It's going to get worse, much worse. House, and I hope we can have another conversation before uh, we all go to vote on the twenty sixth in Toronto. I really appreciate you coming on this morning. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, great show. And uh, everybody stay safe out there. Yeah. It's going to be pretty bad in another few days. I think so. I think so. How sent Chong, our guest on Toronto Today. We'll definitely have him on again. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto.
All right, you're hearing it. Um, and hard to believe that uh, it's rolling into season number 45. And uh, Global's had it for so long as well. That's the Survivor theme. Jeff Probst, can't, you can't knock him uh, off that perch of uh, being the host of the most successful primetime show in television history. And we've got, of course, uh, Executive Vice President for Broadcast Networks, of course, Troy Rebin, to talk about the 23-24 fall season. We're really excited to enjoy summer, but this is always an exciting time as well to preview what's coming up on our televisions and on the on, on, uh, on internet as well in the fall. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's always an interesting time of year. This is the day that we in the television industry, and and this is the week, really, that the Canadian television industry previews their fall schedules for all the advertisers because, you know, just like with this radio station, we need the advertisers to make it happen. <laughs> um, so, uh, it, yeah, so we kind of roll out what the fall schedule is going to be, what the big new shows are. Of course, Survivor is always such an important part of the global lineup, and after 45 seasons, more than 23 years, uh, it's still going strong. It was the number one reality show again in Canada last year. Yeah, so many reality shows have kind of come and gone and tried to ape what they do and it, it just hasn't been quite as successful and this year uh 90 minute episodes as well like it's again it's it's sort of set the standard that everybody tries to tries to imitate and and few can duplicate yeah it's going to 90 minutes it's going to be bigger and better than ever this fall i think they really um you know probably a couple of seasons ago it started to feel a little uh, started to feel its age and they and they got more unique in the challenges they got uh, a little rougher in the environments and i think the competition got that much better of course it helped that we had a couple of canadian champions yes um you know uh, two seasons in a row we had canadians win and i think there's been three canadians uh, win that thing overall so um it's certainly kept canadian audiences glued to the screens you know how much television's changed um, and how movie stars, we used to, when you and I were kids or teenagers, there was movie star, television star, and there's been so much intertwining now. Um, Global's adding Matlock, Matlock, and, and it's not quite the Matlock of our youth and teenage years, but you get Oscar winner Kathy Bates, who has been in some great television performances as characters, and she kind of quarterbacks this one. Uh, tell us about Matlock. Okay, here's the thing. So the, Matlock is a show that had lots of fans back in the late 80s, early 90s. You know, Andy Griffith playing the old-timey lawyer. Yes. And and this this reboot of Matlock is not really a reboot. It is Kathy Bates, one of the greatest actors of her generation, um, Oscar winner, Emmy winner. Uh, and she is actually, she chews the scenery in this because she's not playing sort of a reboot of the Matlock character. She's playing someone who is mimicking the Matlock character and playing into that persona of someone who's kind of hokey and a little bit... A uh, little bit innocent, so that she can use her wily tactics to crack these cases. It's really quite fascinating, uh, and you've got to try it. And if you do, you're going to love it. Um, other stuff, some big hits, and and sometimes uh, you, you just never know. You get a vibe for a promo, and you're like, let's see if this catches fire or not. So, Help Me Todd was a show that caught fire, and it's coming back. Fire Country coming back as well. So there's a lot on the primetime lineup. They were, they're sort of into their sophomore season, if you will, after being a big hit their first year. Yeah, so help me, Todd, for people who don't know, it was the number one new show in Canada last fall. It shot in Canada, out in Vancouver. Fire Country also shot in Canada, out in BC. Fire Country was the number one show in the US last fall. And both those are on the global schedule. One is about, uh, you know, uh, a bit of a screw-up private detective who uh, helps his mother, who has, is a senior partner in a law firm. And the other, of course, about, uh, about firefighters, some of whom have are paroled prisoners sometimes because you have such a strong radio background and we hear this all the time radio is about loyalty it's about you know that personal touch there's some shows in the global lineup that just feel like the audiences have been really loyal the ncis shows for example right the fbi shows like those are franchises as opposed to 
to standalones? What's made them work so well, and why are they so important to the lineup? You know, people, uh, you know, oftentimes all the chatter in the in the papers and the blogs is around kind of the buzzy big cable shows. But the shows that actually have the biggest audiences in this country are those standbys like NCIS, like FBI, um, that are these franchises that have predictability to them. The story, uh, there's always a story arc that continues all season long. There's characters that you can follow throughout multiple seasons. But the story begins and ends every episode. So you can drop in, you can drop out, and it's much more comfortable viewing for people. And that's why mm. these shows continue to just have mass, mass appeal across the country. Troy Reeves in studio with us on uh, Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. I know we've only got about a minute left, but I want to spotlight some of our colleagues. And I mentioned your radio background, but your news background as well. So much to be proud of. And and I'd put ET Canada in there as well. I was a uh, Fanshawe College grad a year behind Cheryl Hickey, and I'm like, that's a star someday, and I don't even think I quite nailed it because she's a super-duper star. So E.T. Canada back, uh, mm-hmm. the morning show with uh, with Jeff and Carolyn, and our fine news coverage. We've had felt, felt like an election every year. We've got this Toronto election landing on our lap. It's just, it's just so strong and consistent. You know what? It's uh, People talk all the time about some of the challenges that have been facing journalism, and certainly there are economic challenges impacting journalism overall. But what an incredible time it has been for global news with all of the big scoops they have uh, broken. They have really led the way on the Chinese interference scandal, and and viewers have responded. Uh, the ratings for global news are, have been stronger than ever. They've certainly taken a lot of share away from their competitors over the last year, um, and I think that team has a heck of a lot to be proud of. And, um, and not just in kind of the day Daily newscast, but in the specialty programming as well. The the new reality, which is the investigative show on Saturdays, has done really yes. well. The West Block is now by far and away the most popular political talk show in this country because it's fair. Um, it doesn't take a biased point of view. Mercedes Stevenson just goes at the facts, and uh, it dominates talk on Sundays. And then the crime um, crime beat, which has been an incredible true crime anthology series, uh, is now spawning a spinoff for this this coming season. It's going to be called Crime Beat Most Wanted, um, and it's going to be much more active in trying to help law enforcement track down this country's most wanted criminals, and that's coming this fall. Awesome. Mercedes is such a great interviewer. And I know really quick, like three, four years ago, we we started doing this together, you and me, and Stack TV was a new app then, Um, you know, uh, the Global TV app. I think people are more used to these now. They're sort of more, they're more wieldy for people than they might have been three or four years ago. That's because that's the option for a lot of people now is watching on their phone, watching on their their tablet, et cetera, et cetera. Well, people probably hear commercials on this radio station for Stack TV, and some people might not know exactly what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's the way to get cable TV without cable. And if you <laughs> yeah. if you want a good price and you want to get all those channels, what do we got? Sixteen channels in Stack TV. Sixteen channels um, uh, for thirteen bucks a month. It's a uh, it's a heck of a deal, and uh, and you get it through Amazon Prime Video and all kinds of uh, mm-hmm. through Rogers Ignite. There's lots of places you can get Stack TV, but it's this huge cable bundle at a much better price. It's great to have you in. Troy Reeves, Executive Vice President, Broadcast Networks at Chorus Entertainment. I will say, still waiting for the creation of that drama where an AM radio host solves crime in his spare time. When he wakes up from his nap, I, I, I don't have any candidates. But I'll look. I'll look. Greg, I got to tell you, we have a show coming mid-season called Papa's House about an aging radio host. <laughs> Easy. Aging radio host who has, to, fired, has to deal with all the new school stuff that his well, son brings his way. But um, Well, I'm not going to tell John Oakley that you said that about him later today, Troy Jeevers. Great, great to, to see you, my friend. Great to have you in. There's uh, Troy Reeb. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. Let's talk about a show that's already been a hit and they're headed into season two. 
And we've got Jabari Banks and Adrian Holmes in studio with us here on 640 Toronto. It's great to have you guys in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up, Toronto. We What's up, s- Toronto? We, we don't have a lot of people in to do the applause like the morning yeah. zoo types. We'll, we'll do it ourselves. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm not Charlemagne, okay? Like, I can't, yeah. I can't get that kind of support so just yet. We're working on that. It's coming. Oh, it's coming. Right. Yeah. Um, when you start a show and you get it done, everybody thinks a project is going to catch fire. But is it nerve-wracking just sort of... Waiting that out, reading reviews, knowing knowing how people. I'll, I'll start with you, Adrian. What's that like? Those first couple of weeks when people are because everybody that loves you and knows you is going to say it's great, but you need everybody else to sort of jump on board as well. And they did that with the show. Yeah, I know it was a real blessing. Um, you know, you just you know you go to work, you do your job, and you just uh, leave it to God and just trust that you know hopefully it'll catch on and people will will receive it and and love it and. Uh, you know, we, we can't control uh, anything else. We just, all we can control is what we do when we step on stage. And um, we love the scripts. We love the energy. We love each other. We had such a great, um, such great chemistry on set. And we knew that this was special from, from the jump. We knew that we had something really, really um, beautiful. And uh, if we just did our jobs, you know, who, you know, the, 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 the mm. you know, it was endless, you know, the possibilities. And, and, and Jabari, you know this, and, and I think what Adrian's getting at too, is people wondered, because we often see a movie getting remade or we see a TV show and we're like, is that, I remember feeling like that. I had a visceral reaction to Footloose because I still love the 1984 oh, wow. version, right? <laughs> Kevin Bacon, Laurie Singer. Yeah, I know she's yeah. that much taller than him, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not sure he learned to dance in a flour mill, all that stuff. Yeah. But when you, when you, this is such a different vibe from the television show, like, yeah, like yeah. it's, and it was deemed as deeper and grittier. Mm-hmm. But people really embraced it, and they they love that side of it. Did oh, you have yeah. a sense they would when you started shooting, and I, you saw that it, it wasn't going to be just you can't just really mock or or ape a sitcom that was done in 1989, right? No, 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 no. no. I, I knew that it was going to catch some fire for sure. I mean, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is an iconic, um, you know, staple in our community. You know what I mean? In, in the yeah, world, yeah. And so they, the fans are they're like all over the world, and so we knew that people would watch it. Yeah. That wasn't going to be a problem. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I knew people were going to check in. They were they were checking for it to be great or they were checking for it to be bad. You know what I mean? They were like, yeah. and so but I knew they were going to watch. And so like, I knew we had our, the eyes on us, but we had to strike it in the right position and then at the right time. And I think we did that. I think yeah. we really hit the, the nail on the head with this one. Um, you know, because there's, there's, no, the, there's no way that we can uh, copy what they did in the 90s. You know, that was lightning in the bottle, what they created. And so uh, what, we, what we had to create was, was something of our own. And I think we've, it's hard, really hard too, isn't it? Because we grew up, Jabari, and, and we've got so many more choices. Like when I would have watched Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there were four television networks and right. maybe you had cable and you could right. watch some stuff on HBO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a universe now. So you need loyalty and you need people to keep coming back and they have yeah. with your show. Yeah, yeah, and it's a blessing. We really love our fans a lot. Um, and and they, it keeps growing. Mm-hmm. And that's the best part about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, it's a blessing. You know, The, the beautiful thing is, too, is that we have the fans from the original show that are tuning in to see you know, how the show uh, relates and how it compares to the original. But then we also have this new generation uh, for this time who are also mm-hmm. on board and, uh, you know, supporting the show. So it's nice to have the best of both. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, the original show uh, was so uh, entertaining, but it was also educating as well. It really, you know, left us with um, nuggets to think about, you know. And uh, I think that the timing couldn't be better for our show because of the world that we're in right now. There's so many important issues that need to be addressed and, and, and you know, people are going through a lot. And I think that it's great that we have a platform for them to, 
you know, tune into to the, the characters that they can relate to, subject matters that they can understand and really, really identify with, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it gives people uh, uh, you know answers to a lot of questions that they have in how to navigate you know in certain situations and you know that they're going through and i think it's very very powerful and we're proud of that we've got uh that's adrian holmes jabari banks is with us we're talking about uh, bel air they're both uh, in the show and season two is going to kick in on uh on showcase very soon we'll give you some dates and uh and some options to watch as well you mentioned that adrian and and i think like racial tension is a theme in this show there's no Mm. question about it and i think of everything we've that we've had happen in our culture in our society in america in the last 30 years i mean Fresh Prince of Bel Air was on even before the, the Rodney King beating and the acquittal of the officers and OJ and on and on. So some of the conversations have been important. Some of the conversations have been uncomfortable. And I think more people have moved to where we understand, I think, better how to be. Mm-hmm. But we worry about extremists and and people that just don't get it. And they're yeah. emboldened, right? Like the Internet has emboldened people anonymously. It, it's what makes the show work to me because it's just... It's different. It yeah. it isn't the '80s or '90s anymore. It's it just the, everything feels globalized in a way. Yeah, and we we don't run from uh, important issues. We, no. we we run towards them. We like to tackle them head on, and uh, you know that's so important. You know, people need to have a, a place that they can go to. To um, it's like fellowship in a way. Like we're able to just kind of you know give permission for men to be vulnerable. Give permission for men to take accountability for you know, the fires that, or the, their shortcomings, you know, like uh, there's a lot of strength in, um, in, in vulnerability and, and uh, just being there for your fellow brother, you know, and uh, you know, you see that with, uh, with Phil and, and how, and Will uh, and, and Phil and Jeffrey and, and just the relationships um, on the show. And this is, you know, this just, we touch on everything. There's nothing that's off limits. And uh, I think it's very, it's handled in a very intelligent way, very, very smart, intelligent way. Yeah, Jabari, like you want to add to that? No, yeah, I just think it's a reflection of our real world. And like, yeah. that's what art is about. You know what I mean? What mm-hmm. else, why are we doing it? You know what I mean? If we're not telling the truth about what's happening in our real world. And I think that's why people resonate with it. Um, and I think we have the opportunity now um, to dive deeper into these themes. You know what I mean? Rather than the format that they had in the 90s was sort of a sitcom, you know, kind of happy-go-lucky type of vibes, kind of sugar-coated, sweeping under the rug type of thing. Mm-hmm. Instead of that, we kind of dive deeper into it and actually talk about the issues. And I think that's why our show is uh, so poignant and people resonate with, with it a little more. Yeah, it really works in a one-hour format as a drama. I thought about that, too. It may not, like 22 minutes, I watched um, Barry on HBO, but it's you got to get a lot done in 22, 23 minutes minutes yeah. uh to bear all that out right? yeah having that extra you know piece of runway uh really makes a difference you know and what we can flesh out and mm-hmm. you know how deeper how much deeper we can go yeah. uh with these characters and exploring their backstories and and just you know just what's mm-hmm. making them tick and and uh yeah it's uh it's 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 really it's a smart like when i heard about morgan cooper shout out to morgan cooper our creator uh, you know, when I when I saw his trailer that he created, I thought this is this is smart. I thought this is a really good idea. Yeah. I'm going to watch this. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I'm not in, I don't yeah, watch like, it. I didn't even think I was <laughs> even going to be connected to this yeah. show in any way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. But I was like, I'm definitely going to be a fan and support it. And, and I know a lot of people were like, Oh, what are they doing? You know, that's crazy. Leave that alone. But I understood what they were doing from Joe. I'm like, they're not recreating mm-hmm. the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. reimagining. The Fresh Prince as a one-hour drama yeah. dropped into this world that we live in today. Yeah. So, I, yeah, and I thought, you no, know, because the issues, the, the topics were so important. And to have it as, as a drama is allows them to explore it yeah. from a more serious 
from a serious place and not explored it through comedy. You know, it worked yeah. as a sitcom for a half an hour, but we can now go deeper. But there's, Jabari, there's humorous moments. There's ironic moments. Oh, I think yeah. that's how yeah, we yeah. have to do you have to have levity. drama now. Definitely I, th- I think if we watch sort levity. of the gritty shows in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. you wouldn't see a lot of humor, yeah. but it, it flows naturally there because mm-hmm. that's that's just life. Like I look at something that, that's a massive hit like Succession and you're mm-hmm. like, it's saying something really deep and kind of dark yeah. about us. But you're gonna laugh also a couple times yeah. an episode. Oh yeah, there's humor and pain for sure. Like you know what I mean, and and that's that's life. You know what I mean. You take the highs with the lows, and uh, and um, I think that's just that's like I said, it's just a reflection of real life. Like exactly, bad things happen all the time, but you know we we we, we get through them and we laugh about them. In exactly, the end. and that's you have to find the levity in in heavy situations mm. so that you can overcome them. You know, um, and I think that's we do a great job of finding that balance. Yeah, imagine if we were just like gritty, 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 yeah. gritty the whole time. Yeah, you know? it's, I mean, it's it's yeah. It's, like too I, much, I don't want to watch so. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, yeah I shouldn't. Rip, I shouldn't rip all the crime dramas. Like I, I'm a kid that grew up on Miami Vice, so I'm like, hey, I, that, I'm, that Crockett hey, Tubbs chemistry. Now. Come on, come I'm, on. I'm thinking, Lieutenant Castillo era. never smiled though, right? The lieutenant never. No, no. he wasn't having any of it. You gotta have no that one. You gotta have that one. <laughs> yeah. He was the anchor. He, yeah. could, you couldn't find a, a little smile from him at all. But it, it worked. It worked for him. What do you guys think of Toronto? We're, we're in a little bit of a weird spot right now with these fires, right? And the air and the smoke in the air. But what do you, what do you think of? Well, city you know, so far um in vancouver where, where i'm from you know i'm, I'm kind of used to you know summertime with some you know fires and stuff from, the, from smoggy, the Okanaga, days. smoggy days so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm used to it you know but it's it's, it's gonna clear up i'm i'm sure uh, at some point <laughs> yeah we're here for a few days so we're not gonna be uh drowning in it too for too long can you, but I, big sports fans can you get to the blue jays at any point in time uh i don't know if i'll be here for that but uh yeah. I, I hope to at some point i love blue, blue jays games they're a lot of fun yeah and jabari you were telling me about being at the super bowl yeah 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 I went two to years ago or two last years year ago. Okay. two years ago so rams Bengals in la yeah with the great game. halftime show not not that rihanna wasn't great they you went know, to have great halftime know, shows back to back yeah rihanna was amazing and the other other half shot time show was great but my seats were awful so like <laughs> So so basically, oh, no. well, I was going to ask if you paid for them, but yeah, I know, but you know, you know, shout out to NBC. They actually, they actually were like, you know, we're, we're we can edit it was that. their we'll game. We went post. No, but no, no, no. The seat, no, no, okay. Let me take it back. The seats were great. Yes. Right. So if you didn't see the halftime show two years ago. They performed to one side of the stadium because it was like a oh, house. You're right. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't in the round. You're right. 50 cent. I didn't catch. Oh, because uh, they were facing Dog. the other way. The other way, but I did catch Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Uh, he was facing my way, so I did see one of the performances. I feel like Mary J turned her way at one point, also. She, yeah, well, she, you know, she always she's turning everywhere. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's dancing in circles. She, she, she performs for the people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she, she knows she, how to She's work. aware. Yeah, but uh, but mm. it was it was a great time, halftime show. Yeah. Um, I got a minute. I want to ask you about uh, Will Smith. You've talked about him being a mentor. He's mm-hmm. so important to the show. Yeah. Um, I I think we're going to see more of him. Emancipation was brilliant. Yeah. He's obviously yeah. had his back and forth. Mm-hmm. I, I I think he's going to move out of the. I think we're going to see a lot more of him. Do you talk to him on a on a basis? Yeah, yeah, we talk. Yeah. We talk every now and then. Um, every time I have some midlife crisis um, or quarter life crisis, I'm about to turn. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> You're not midlife, bro. Don't tell Adrian and I about midlife <laughs> yeah, crisis. Come on. Five. I'm about to have my quarter life crisis, oh, so I'll have a sit down again. with him yeah. and, and we'll talk about everything. No, but I talk to him from time to time, and uh, and yeah, no, he's 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 great. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're working on Bad Boys, Bad Boys 4, 4 right now. Right yeah, now. they're shooting in Atlanta. And yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. They're going from, from Atlanta to, to Miami. Miami. Yeah. Um, 
So so yeah. that's what's up with them. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's great. And and, uh, and we're excited for season three. You know, there's a yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot mm. to expand upon. When will oh, you shoot for that? Comes, man. Well, well, know? we're hoping September. Yeah, okay. September. But but you know we've got this um this strike that's happening right now that uh, yes. we hope comes to a uh, conclusion. You know, uh, everybody gets what they uh, what they're asking for and is happy and we can get back to work. You know, because we we love we love to work and. So well, we it's love it's we awesome. love working. That's all we do. Is I hear keeps it. us out of trouble, right, Jabari? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jabari Banks, Adrian Holmes. The show is Bel Air. It's on Showcase, uh, coming from Peacock. It's set in modern day Los Angeles, and again, just a dramatic reset, if you will, uh, of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I can't thank you guys enough for coming in. Uh, um, I watched you. the show with my 17 year old and my 15 year old. So when my 17 year old was college, he's I'm gonna have to get him some kind of subscription because he's gonna have to keep watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's lovely to have you guys in. Thanks for having us. Man, it was a blast. Thank oh, you. Thanks for listening to Toronto Today. We always appreciate it. Back with a live show tomorrow. You can hear it on the Radio Player Canada app or at 640toronto.com. Great to have you. We'll see you tomorrow morning.